Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Galatians chapter 3. Some of you might not be familiar with what just took place. But I believe we can bring some clarity to that. You know, we have gotten away from consulting God about the things in our lives and in in our day-to-day living. We consult all kinds of stuff. Whether you know it or not, you do. Whether you know it or not, you're, we're, we're fishing for information. Whether we realize it or not, we're looking for direction. I think we are uh, people that are uh, hungry for information, but starved in application. We're we're hungry and we um, almost overindulge on information. We can get real fat on information, but it's the application, it's the exercise of it that keeps us fit. There's a difference between being fat and fit, okay? I'm not trying to make you aware of your personal body at this time. That is not my intention. I'm talking spiritually. One letter, right? Go from an A to an I. And what I'm saying is is we we have a, a... overabundance of information, access to information. We know where to go. Have you ever noticed that you know who to talk to about certain things? Have you ever noticed that? There's certain things you don't talk to about certain people because they'll hold you to the fire or they'll hold you accountable or they might not say what you want to hear. And you already know. Have you ever noticed this too sometimes that we arrive at a conclusion and then only go the path that will bring us to that conclusion that we've already come to in our minds? I think we do this with the word of God a lot. I think if we be honest about it, we come to a conclusion about a scripture and then we derive the path to the conclusion rather than allowing the path to take us to God's conclusion. For who knows the mind of God but the spirit of God? And so we're using natural resources to get us to a spiritual answer, spiritual conclusion. We use our our senses, our feeling and our hearing and our seeing and our tasting and our touching. And we, we use these senses to our disadvantage because rather than bringing us closer to what God's trying to reveal, it moves us further away, but yet we still feel we've arrived at his conclusion. So it's very important, and I believe in these last days, and I believe um, even more so as the day draws near, that we have to have a, a very intentional spiritual sensitivity, a very intentional um, spiritual um, connection with what God is trying to do 
and what our involvement and participation is. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about a head in the clouds type of living. I'm not talking about some super spiritual. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like what they've made you afraid of becoming. Come on now. I can promise you living spiritually and living out of your spirit, man, is not as scary as they want you to make it, as they want you to think it is. It's not as weird. It's not as kooky. Come on. I promise you it's not. I promise you, you were designed to live out of the spirit, not out of the flesh. We were designed not to process things by what we see, hear, feel, and touch and taste. We were designed to process things first from the spirit of God. So rather than walking into a promised land that's already been given to you and looking at giants and looking at grapes and looking at vast lands and then trying to come to a conclusion that doesn't allow you to come to God's conclusion, you go in with a report, not to get a report. Come on. So two spies allow the spirit to direct their leading and 10 spies allow their natural senses to direct their leading. And when we are led by the natural, you'll never come to what God's trying to complete and do in the spiritual. And what we're actually finding, what we're actually discovering is that many times man's wisdom will bring you to the very opposite of God's purpose, God's way. We've got to be a people that can distinguish this. We've got to be a people that can tell the difference between what looks smart and looks wise because it is the ways of man that are foolishness to the Lord. Even in man's wisdom, even in our best natural ability to deduce, to respond, to come to a conclusion, to understand all of our cognitive thinking, all of our learning, we still have a dynamic responsibility to follow the leading of the Spirit. You'll never gain enough natural knowledge that will bring you to a place that you no longer have to be led by the Spirit and no longer have to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. And in all of our knowledge and in all of our increasing and all of our natural gaining of of wisdom and, and, and all the overload of information could we could we maybe come to the conclusion that it's actually moving us further away from God's purpose rather than bringing us closer to it? I'm not saying that we need to be stupid and ignorant. I'm not saying that we don't become studied and learned. There's obviously a cognitive capacity and a cognitive ability that God has given us, and we need to do as much as we can and as well as we can to learn and to grow and to develop in our natural ways, but we cannot rely and lean on them. Trust in the Lord with what? all your heart, and lean not on what? Your own understanding. He's not saying that you don't have an understanding. He just says don't lean on it. Don't rely on it. You will have a natural understanding. You will have an, an, an ability to naturally come to a conclusion, to naturally see things for what they are. But at the end of the day, if that becomes the moving, driving force in your life rather than my spirit, you've moved away from what I'm trying to do. And so here in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1, the very first thing he says is, you foolish Galatians. No one wants to go to church and find out you're foolish. You foolish 
Galatians. But we've looked at this for a few weeks now, and, and we've seen that this word foolish does not mean lacking understanding or not having a cognitive ability or just walking in stupidity and ignorance. That's not being foolish. We've learned this, that foolish in the Bible means this, lacking spiritual sense. That word foolish, it's the same word foolish that shows up in the, the wise man that built his house on the rock and the foolish man that built his house on the sand. It's the same word foolish that shows up uh, that says only a fool would say there is no God. It's the same word foolish that shows up where you have uh, five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. The same word foolish, not talking about the level of our mental capacity or cognitive ability, but it's talking about our ability to sense things by the spirit of God. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Did you receive the Spirit on your own ability? Did you receive the Spirit by keeping the Ten Commandments? See, we didn't receive the Spirit by keeping the law. We received the Spirit to keep the law. It's not that the law is irrelevant now. It's not that we don't need to do that anymore. Now we've got a new way of doing things and a new way of living. No, you have received the Spirit so that you can keep, so that you can maintain, so that you can behave, so that we can Respond so that we can do things, live by, work out our salvation, as the Bible says. But it wasn't the it wasn't the working that gained it for us. It wasn't the 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 accomplishing and keeping of the law and and all these things that naturally, if we're not careful, uh, we can find ourselves placing value on above the things of the spirit. This is why I believe that living by the Spirit has to be intentional. I don't believe we accidentally live lives led by the Spirit of God. I don't believe that's possible. I accidentally followed the will of God today. No, you didn't. You know you had to overcome your flesh because you wanted to punch them in the mouth and instead you walked in love. Because love is a fruit of the Spirit, not hate. Come on. You chose not to be offended. You chose not to, to, to keep uh, bitterness in your heart. You chose uh, to follow the leading and obey the whole. You made a conscious decision, and that comes because there is a sensitivity to that, a sensitivity to respond by the Spirit of God. What, what just took place here at the end of our worship was an opportunity of sensitivity. We need opportunities of sensitivity in the body of Christ. This can be practiced. I, I, I want to make it practical for you. I want you to understand that anybody, you don't have to have a certain level of education. You don't have to make a certain amount of money. You don't have to live on the certain side of the tracks. You don't have to come from a certain family. You don't have to have a certain background or experience. Anybody can be led by the Spirit. 
anybody can do this. Look at your neighbor say, anyone can do this. Look at your other neighbor say, if I can do it, you can do it. Come on, if I can, if I can listen to the Holy Spirit, you can listen to the Holy Spirit. If, you, if I can be sensitive to the Spirit, you could be. Now, the Holy Spirit is not sensitive. But I do know this, he will not shout over our junk. <laughs> it's not a matter of being sensitive. It's a matter of you've got clutter. And I'm not going to come breaking through all your clutter. So we've got to declutter some things. And that's what I mean by becoming sensitive. What just happened here, that was a moment of sensitivity. That was a moment of clearing my mind. That was a moment of connecting with the Spirit of God. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. On a very basic level that you are children of God. Even something that basic, we need the Holy Spirit to connect with our spirit on. Even something as simple as your salvation. Even something as simple as being a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, coming into the kingdom. Even at, on the most basic level, we need to be sensitive to the spirit of God. These are things that we take for granted. These are the things that we think that we have accomplished or we have produced or done something on our own. And so he's writing, Paul's writing to this church and he's saying, who has bewitched you? Uh, when that word bewitched shows up, obviously in the translation I read, it said, who has cast a spell on you? But this is what it means. Who has tampered with you? Who has tampered with you? That's what that word means in the Greek. Who has perverted, twisted, and manipulated you is what that means. Who has tampered with you? Who has come in behind and messed with how you operate and how you live? What he's saying is, is you got in this thing by the Spirit. We have to maintain this thing by the Spirit. Nobody loves, nobody likes maintenance. Nobody likes maintenance. You know, we're, 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 we're raising money to purchase this property. We believe the Lord has called us to, to purchase it. And, and, you know, people get excited about new things. They get excited about a brand new building project. But, but if I were to get up here and say, we need, uh, you know, $18,000 to replace the AC units in this building. Ah, oh, blah, blah, AC units, ah. Oh. Maintenance, right? Pastor Hagen says that about Rama all the time because it's, you know, what, 50-plus-year-old campus now. He says a lot of the things that, that are running water and, and running heating and air, are, they're out. They, we don't even use that stuff. We have to not just go in and just get new filters. We need a whole new filtration system. They don't even make it that way anymore. That was the way they did it in the 70s. And he said, man, when it, it took nothing to raise the money to build this campus. Now it's a little harder pulling on people to keep up the campus. But maintenance is a necessary part of life. We got in the thing. Remember the day you got saved? Remember the day you gave your life? Remember how exciting that was? Remember you couldn't wait to tell anybody? But we don't tell people about our spiritual growth much. I grew today spiritually. I could have hit them and I didn't. I, 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 I bore fruit today. We, we don't get him. 
you know, we don't tell people those stories. We don't make a big testimony out of that. Obtaining is one thing, but maintaining is a whole other part of our lives. And obtaining a life in the Spirit is one thing, but now maintaining a life in the Spirit and building on that and increasing in that. He says, are you saying that, that, that someone has come in and manipulated so much that, that what you thought you obtained by the Spirit, now you are going to maintain by the flesh? Who's cast a spell on you? Verse 3, are you so foolish? After beginning by the Spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? This is what this shows me. That is the natural digression of our lives, is to begin in the Spirit, but then finish in the flesh. Then this doesn't just apply to salvation. Think of something that you began in the Spirit. You began because the Lord prompted you. The Lord called you. I would venture to say that it was by the Spirit that God spoke to Abraham and said, you will be a father of many nations. And gave him the whole track record and said, your people will eventually come and inhabit this land. By the Spirit that was given. Before there was even one child. Before he was the father of anybody much less many nations. But by the time they get to Numbers chapter 13 and they're spying out the land, they're trying to finish in the flesh what was given by the Spirit. No, he's saying it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Now, you started this thing on a word. You remember that scary first step of faith, that launching, that now you can look back and say, man, I can't believe I was so scared. can't believe, he came through, he, put, he, he showed himself faithful, he proved his word to us. But then as we go along, we find ourselves that this battle is greater than the last battle. We find ourselves that, that the God that did that one, I don't know if he can do this one and the whole do it again approach. And so what do we do? We become like Abraham and we try to finish in the flesh what was birthed by the Spirit. Well, I've got a maidservant over here. That's trying to finish in the flesh what was began, begun in the Spirit. And so they've got to maintain. We cannot just obtain a life by the Spirit and then maintain it by the flesh. It won't work. And he's letting them know this is not going to work. You, you are setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure, trying to accomplish things in the flesh that you were only meant and designed to do in the spirit. And here's what I know. When you try to accomplish it in the flesh, you will dumb it down to your level. You'll never accomplish the vision he's called you to do on your own ability. It's impossible. That's why it seemed impossible when you started. But see, as we get in and you start living a life by faith and you start walking these things, you start getting some, a little bit of assurance on the end, like some confidence, I, I can do this. And you start getting a, a, a little bit of, man, we're, we're seeing it happen, the vision's coming to pass. 
And then rather than continuing to trust God, we start trusting in our ability to produce what he called us to do. We start trusting in our ability to make something happen. We start trusting, we were trusting him for the finances at one point, but then that started coming in. See, this is why, you know, uh, 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 tithing, tithing is such a, a, an, an amazing principle in your life. I mean, if you're not a tither, become one. I'm telling you, it will change your life. But tithing ought to be the bare minimum, 10%. We should increase our faith, grow our faith, because some of us have gotten comfortable with the 10%. That's, that, remember the day when I was like, oh, God, 10%. I don't know if I got that. I mean, God, you're going to have to come through. And you're using your faith just to write the 10%, and you got the whole 90 left. And then now you, 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 you're, it's, that, that's cake. You do it without even thinking. We write the check and it's signed and dated before we even realize what we just did. We have tithing offering at the end of service and you just drop, you don't pray over it anymore. You, you don't release it like holding on to it. Oh, I, I really do. I need to put it, oh, if that comes out of my account, I'm going to have red. Uh, you know what's going to happen? You remember that day. Now it's like, oh, yep, there you go. Walking back, you know, dropping in that little black box out there. You don't even think twice about it. You, you know, you're thinking about where you're going to go eat or who you're going to connect with or whatever. And it's just not even a thought. Well, now it's time to start stretching and saying, okay, I'm not going to start in the spirit and finish in the flesh. I'm not going to do that. I needed you when I started this marriage. I need you to finish this marriage. I needed you when we had these kids. I need you to help raise these kids. We needed you to start this church. I'm sure not going to start relying on my own ability to keep this thing going and open and operating. I've got to have a continual, consistent reliance and dependence on the Spirit. I will not birth something in the Spirit and raise it up in the flesh. That's what he's saying. That's what he's speaking to. What's our dependence on God look like? You know, and I believe it is a, I believe it's an attack of the enemy. I believe he's okay with you, busy in the flesh, thinking you're working toward accomplish something for God, but doing it in your own ability. I think he's okay with that. I really do. I really do. Because there, there's, only, there's only one outcome. You'll get burnout. Either you will be compromised or the vision will. Either you'll get burnout trying to do it on your own ability and trying to get it to measure up and line up with what God said it would be, or you dumb down the vision. Oh, he must have meant you can have the child with my servant. He, he must have meant. Because she's beyond childbearing years. She, she's been fertile all her life. There, there, there's, or, you know, infertile all her life. There's, there's, there's no way. So he, he must have. And what do we do? We dumb down the vision to what we can make happen. Compromise the call and give birth to something that was never supposed to be in the planet. Ishmael and his old nation, his whole people, never supposed to be here. It wasn't part of God's plan. Still looks the same on the outside. 
Got someone pregnant, gave birth to them, a nation arose, just not according to God's plan, not God's way. This is where we sacrifice best for good. It's where we sacrifice God's best for, well, at least we got something. No, the best that God has is only obtainable by the Spirit. I'm challenging you. I know I am. I'm challenging you. Because we, 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 are, are, we are producers. We are creators. We have amazing abilities that by, given to us by God. And we can get comfortable. And we can, we can get to a point where we can be so, um, you know, so enamored by what we can do naturally that we never even consult the spirit anymore become so enamored with how God has increased us, how God has grown us, what God has done in our lives. But he's wanting to do more. He prunes the branch so it can produce more fruit. Which tells me I can't ever become satisfied with what I do on my own ability. I can't ever be satisfied with how far I've come. I can't ever, I, I got, there's gotta be a holy dissatisfaction. Man, yeah, I'm so thankful he brought me here. He brought me out of darkness into light, but now he's calling me to cut this thing off. I'm gonna do that too. Because he wants to get me somewhere else. He wants to continue to increase me. He wants to continue to grow me. Verse four, he says, did you experience so much for nothing, in fact, if in fact it was for nothing. So now he says, so everything that you've accomplished to this point, if we don't continue in the spirit, we'll lose it all. Did he really bring you out of Egypt into the wilderness for nothing if we don't continue on in the spirit and trust him and believe him to bring us into the promised land? That was for nothing. He didn't bring you into the wilderness to kill you. He didn't bring you in the wilderness to, so you would die off. He didn't bring you in the wilderness so you would dissipate into nothingness. He brought you out of Egypt, moved mightily on your behalf, 10 plagues, parted the Red Seas, opening up rocks and bringing water, and, and birds are bringing dinner, manna on the ground, fighting battles for you, doing all these amazing Incredible miracles. For what? Did he do all that for nothing so that you could go in and try to, to, to discern and determine, well, do we really have the wit enough and the strength enough and, and, and an army large enough to defeat this enemy? Did you see those giants? We just look like grasshoppers. Really? He did all that so we could walk into the promised land, spy it out and say, ah, that's too much. When everything he's done for you up to that point, he delivered you by the Spirit of God. Every plague that came was by the Spirit of God. He moved upon Pharaoh's heart, hardened his heart enough that he let you go by the Spirit of God. He parted the Red Sea by the Spirit of God. He broke water out of a rock by the Spirit of God. He brought manna on the ground by the Spirit of God. Birds brought you dinner by the Spirit of God. And now we're going to walk into the promised land and say, I can't do that. <laughs> but this is what we do. This is what we do. We birth something in the spirit and then we try to finish it in the flesh. Just begs the question, how much are we relying on the spirit? 
Like, how much are we relying on the Spirit of God? We consult Facebook before we consult heaven. Come on. I mean, that big thing that, 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 that's eating you up right now, that big thing you're up against, have you gone to the Lord in prayer? I'm, I'm, t- I'm asking honestly. Oh, yeah, we pray. Have you gone to the Lord? Have you made war in the heavenlies? Have you gone directly to the throne of God? And put this thing before him. I'm talking prayer and fasting. I'm talking carpet burns on your knees. I'm talking wailing. I'm talking makeup running. I'm talking looking like a mess. I'm talking getting before the Lord. Not just, oh Lord, please move on my behalf. Oh, why haven't you done it? There's more complaining than praying. If we just want to be absolutely honest about it. Or we've talked to other people about it. Have you taken it to the Lord? Have you consulted the Spirit of God? You know, He's smart. You know, the Holy Spirit is the smartest person in the world. He's already been in your future, He's already been there. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. I don't want a leader that doesn't know where we're going. Who wants to follow a tour guide that's taking you into a place that he's never been? I don't know what's around this corner. We'll figure it out together. No, I want someone that knows what they're doing. When you go to Disney World and and you get you go on on a, on a boat cruise or or on a train ride and they're take man they know everything about everything. I, I mean they are it, it blows my mind. It's like man. How do you remember all this stuff? I mean, it's just crazy. The, the knowledge, but, but they know where they're going. You want a leader that knows where he's going and can guide you. You don't want a leader that's going to get you lost. Just begs the question. Since we're asking, have we consulted the Spirit of God? Have we gone to heaven with this? Have we brought this thing to the throne room of the creator of the universe? What's that look like? Verse 5, so then, does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you? By your doing the works of the law? Or is it by believing what you heard, just like Abraham who believed God and it was credited him for righteousness? I think the enemy would love for us to get into performance rather than dependence. The enemy would love for us to live out of a position of performance and acting and behavior and putting on rather than truly. It doesn't mean you're acknowledging I'm, it's not God, I don't know anything and and I'm always in a mess and I'm just going to screw this up so I need you. No, what role would you have me play? Holy Spirit, what step do we need to take? How would you? How do I need to respond to this email?
simple. It really is. It really is. Sometimes we call 10 people before we call on the Lord. And then a lot of times we follow natural wisdom, natural resources. And then if we ever finally do get to God, we're asking God to confirm what we've already discovered. And so then by the time he speaks and he's like, don't do any of that. Oh, that's not God. That must not be God. Get thee behind me, Satan. You are, the devil is a liar. I mean, we start coming up with the, and he's like, no, that's me. I'll give you that. Stop listening to all that. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? God is so good. He wants you to know. He really does. He, he, he absolutely does. He wants you to be in the know. Just not on the level you think you have to be in the know. You'd be amazed at how much you would come to know by moving on what you don't know. I promise you. You would be amazed at how much he would reveal to you. You'll know more than you ever knew, than you ever could know in your own ability to know. He's the revealer. He's the revelator. That's literally his job description. And I, I, would, I would be hard-pressed to say the Holy Spirit's not good at his job. I believe he's good at his job. I believe he, he, he works hard at his job. He's been assigned to reveal the will and the mind and the intent and the purpose of God to you, his children. We don't have to walk around not knowing we don't have to walk around in, in utter darkness. We don't have to walk around, but sometimes it's stepping out on what we don't know that reveals everything we should know. Read this in the, the Passion Translation. What has happened to you, foolish Galatians? Who has put you under an evil spell? Did God not open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? See, it wasn't just seeing it visibly with my natural eyes, but it was seeing it spiritually. How many people saw Jesus die on that cross? Physically saw him. But then how many saw him give his life for the world? How many saw it? I mean, are you telling me that me 2,000 years ago believes more in the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ than people that were literally on the planet and saw it with their own eyes? That's pretty amazing. That's pretty incredible to think about. Was he not revealed to you as the crucified one? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping Jewish laws? No, you received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. 
Your new life began when the Holy Spirit gave you a new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works? Have you endured so many trials and persecutions for nothing? Let me ask you again, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws? The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and power of faith. Abraham, our father of faith, believed God and the substance of his faith released God's righteousness to him. I'll read this to you in the Amplified as well. Oh, you foolish and thoughtless and superficial Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would act like this to whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified in the gospel message. This is all I want to ask of you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as the result of obeying the requirements of the law? Or was it the result of hearing the message of salvation and with faith believing it? Are you so foolish and senseless? Having begun your new life by faith with the Spirit. Are you now being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is by your own works and efforts to keep the law. Have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing? If indeed it was all for nothing. So then does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works miracles among you. Do it as a result of the works of the law which you perform. Or because you believe confidently in the message which you heard with faith. Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will and purpose, so it is with you also. You know, faith is progressive. At any point, we can choose to stall our growth and our progression in the things of God. As we come to know and as we come to see things in the word of God and as things are revealed and as things are made known, at any point I can stall and say, nope, I won't go any further. This is as far as I'm willing to go. I mean, many people have done this with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I won't go any further. We've got them to salvation. We've got them to discipleship. We've got them, got them to being followers of Christ. We've got them believing that that. When we die, we'll one day spend eternity. But when, when, the, when the message of Acts chapter 2 shows up, which Jesus told them to go and wait and tarry for, they stall. Nope, won't do it. Some have stalled out on healings and miracles and signs and wonders. They're not for today. Some have stalled out on, on God wanting to bless you and provide for you and give you a life of increase so that you can be a blessing in the earth. At any point, we can, we can hear something or receive something and, and stall out and say, no. It's progress. It's progress. We're all continuing to learn. We're all continuing to discover. We're all continuing to see. We're all continuing to have the word of God and the life of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God revealed to us on different levels. And some have stalled out short of what God wants them. They started in the spirit, 
but then they choose to finish in the flesh. Now, it's amazing the things that people won't believe in the word of God because of maybe it doesn't make sense, confusion. I don't understand it. But yet you gave your life to a God that's never been seen. Believing that a man one day on this earth died for you, for the sins of the entire world. I mean, at, at what point, why, why do we pick a spot and say, I don't want to believe it anymore? Or that's too weird. I could believe this, but I can't believe that. And trust me, you believed it without having to know too much about it. You don't study to get saved. You believe to get saved. You believe if you believe in your heart, not know in your heart. Not because you went to school and learned it somewhere. Not because some professor broke it down for you word by word and every dot and tittle and every, you know, point made gave you an out. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll believe that he died on the cross. No, you believed in your heart. Not seeing, not knowing, not, not, you, 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 you turned aside to, there's a level of faith that this is going to require of me. And I'm going to obtain this by the Spirit. You didn't even obtain salvation by the flesh. What else do we think we're going to obtain by the flesh beyond that? You're not going to obtain miracles by the flesh. You're not going to obtain the Holy Spirit by the flesh. You're not going to obtain righteous living by the flesh. You're not going to obtain following Christ by the flesh. No, you started in the Spirit, believing by the Spirit, confirming with your spirit. And that ought to become a lifestyle. That ought to grow. That ought to increase. That ought to expand. That ought to become greater and greater on the inside of us. I've got to be led by the Spirit. I've got to rely on the Spirit. I've got to live from the Spirit. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.